Coming up today on the Nosebleed Seats podcast with Zach Wolchuk and Eric Chiafalo, we break down all the happenings of the NFL's owners' meetings, and Eric takes us through some NFL quick hits. Then we're joined by the Athletics' own Kevin K.T. Turner, who's also the producer of the Ben and Skin Show at 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And we recap it all with a quarterback breakdown from the great Dane Brugler. So stick around for the show everyone can afford to listen to. The nosebleed seats. But of course, Walchuk, before we get to the show, want to tell our listeners about our good friends over there at LoneStarGreenCBD.com. These guys are the best in the business for your tincture oils. They got the topicals coming your way. But right now, it's the peppermint tincture oil. I put it right under my tongue before bed. My inflammation, my joint pain, my soreness, absolutely gone. It's beautiful. I sleep like a baby. Walchuk, I know you're doing the same. Yeah, no, it really is. It, it, it tastes great. It's the peppermint flavor, like you said, and you can use it for a variety of things. Pain relief, like you're doing, for sleep deprivation. If you're having anxiety, like I have, it's neuroprotectant, which means it can cover and treat anything such as seizures, for instance. I mean, it increases your appetite. If you're just having trouble, you're not that hungry, for whatever reason, you're just in a rut, ah, food doesn't sound good. Just dabble with a little bit of CBD, and it'll bring that appetite right back at you. And there's no better place to go than Lone Star Green CBD. Go to the website, LoneStarGreenCBD.com. Put in our promo code, NBS15. You will get 15% off on your order. And, Eric, I know the people are thinking, why don't I just go down the street to my local CBD shop? Well, you're going to pay double over the counter than you would if you just go to our friends at Lone Star Green CBD. That's right. You never have to leave your house. It'll show up right to your doorstep, and boom, you are one step closer to a healthier life. It's LoneStarGreenCBD.com, and what do you do when you get there, Walchuk? Tell them the nosebleed seat sent you. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats to show everyone. You can afford to listen to with Zach Walchuk and Eric Chiafalo. The two nerds from Dallas, we are back, baby, powered by the Pro Football Network. You can follow PFN on Twitter at PFN365. You can follow myself at Zach Wolchuk, Z-A-C-H-W-O-L-C-H-U-K. And she? Oh, oh, talking about where they can follow me on Twitter? Twitter handle. Um, at Chia Follows Sports, C-H-I-O-F as in Frank, A-L-O Sports. Chia Follow Sports on the Twitters. We are here for you. Give us a follow. Make sure you check out all the greatness on PFN, the Pro Football Network, pumping out glorious golden nuggets of content, whether it's your seven-round mock drafts that are specified by teams, whether it's just general greatness that are football articles being written and posted. It's the newest age of football coverage, and we're bringing it to you on the PFN. And, of course, check out the other podcasts, not just the Nosebleed Seats, Check out any given sun, any given Friday, excuse me, not the movie, the show. I love Al Pacino. I do too. Man, you got to claw with your fingernails for that inch. Willie Beeman. That speech at the end of any given Sunday from Al Pacino. Oh my Jesus. I will run through a brick freaking wall. It gives me chills. I still think that Willie Beeman should be put in the NFL Hall of Fame. Or just the Football Hall of Fame. Football, sure. Football Hall of Fame. NFL. Maybe not NFL, because I don't think the Sharks were part of the NFL. No, I don't think the Miami Sharks were an NFL team ever. No, but Beeman is definitely worthy. Have you ever wanted to hate bleep a character that Cameron Diaz has played in her career? Oh, more God. More than that chick? Absolutely and, not. Any given Sunday. Good night. The amount of times I thought about hate bleeping Cameron Diaz in that movie is insane. 
really is. It's unbelievable. But yes, uh, any given Friday. I loved her in The Mask, though. Oh, well, how about The Mask? The Mask. I forget she was in that movie, but that film is classic. I would, I would, I would kind of love to hate Bleeper there too. Mm, I don't disagree at all. How could oh you? man, I don't disagree. So any given Friday, just the start. You got the nosebleed seats, and then you've got George Templeton's show as well. GT. He has maybe the best voice on the PFN podcast. I don't know. If, have you heard the Golden Thones of George yeah, Templeton? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely glorious. It's one of the sexiest things I've ever heard. I, I, it's very rare that audibly something audible can give me a chub, but Templeton's voice did it, man. Templeton. Templeton. I said it right. No, you did. Thank God. You usually you have issues though. You have very you have big time issues. I don't know what you're in terms of at. pronunciations. I'm not, I'm not sure where names. you're headed, Mister Roscoe. I'm not going down this Roscoe hole with you. Okay, it's Roscoe. But by the way, the future, sure is now, the future is now. Future is now. It's George Templeton's podcast. But we are the nosebleed seats, and what we're going to get into for you right now, as put in that tease that I, I so record. So I'm so talented. You are. Uh, thank you for for. Bearing that. But there's some owners' meetings going on, man. There's been some rule changes. There's a lot to dive into. The game is a changing. Yeah, it absolutely is. And uh, you know, all they had to do was pull the teeth of the owners uh, in order for it is to Is that work. what happened? Did they have a dentist there and they just put him in the chair and they're just yanking the teeth out? Hey, do you want to vote on this? Pass interference rule, reviewable or not reviewable? Oh, you don't? You No, you don't. Okay. Yeah, root canal. Root, oh, now you're changing your mind. You do you want to vote yes? Damn and right. Sean Payton was the dentist. Thank you. Thank you, Sean Payton. Bleep you, Mike Brown. Wasn't he the only the only owner, Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, so. The cheapest bleep hole in all the land. The only cheap bleeping billionaire I've ever met. Brown? Actually, yeah, I haven't met Mike You've Brown. actually met him. Yeah. I've never met him. I've just heard horror stories. No, but the owners do make the passenger for your past interference, offensive and defensive calls, now reviewable. And the owners went ahead and passed this 31-1. to And you're right, the one team that voted against it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, yeah, you guys are jerks. But this is an interesting change. I like the fact that it's for 2019 only, so they're going to see how this works. And the NFL is very good about it. They adapt uh, when it comes to the rules. If it doesn't work, they'll pull the plug on it. But basically, the first 28 minutes of the half, the coaches have the option to challenge a play that was either called or not called that they thought was pass interference. Okay, so if they and thought it was a miscall... They can challenge it. They can they can challenge it. If it was called good. and they think, no, that wasn't pass interference, they can challenge it. Okay. Now, this still counts, and you only get two coach challenges per game. Unless you win both, then you get a third. That rule's still intact. The final two minutes of each half goes up in the booth. The booth can only review. So if there's a, a pass interference that everybody knows was pass interference, but they didn't call it, and it's inside of two minutes of the first or second half, the booth will decide, not the head coach. Yes. All right, very good. So going back to the NFC Championship game, which is the reason this rule has even come to be, that would have been a booth decision, correct? That happened in the last two minutes. Yes. The booth would have had to ring down and say, hold on, I think we blew this, and they would have corrected the call on the field, and the Saints would have, in turn, played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Got you. And that's obviously the play that really makes this thing. That's why Sean Payton's sort of at the forefront, leading the charge of making sure this thing changes. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We're going to see him soon. And listen, ultimately, is is it a good thing? Yes. 
Um, it, it's I'm glad that they can do it throughout the entire game. Obviously, within the two minutes of each half, whatever goes up, it goes upstairs. But and I think it's great that they kept the challenge rules. Like this still falls under the same guidelines because they can't just be throwing this flag because every play, basically every passing play, I'm sure you could make a gripe that there was pass interference, offensive or defensive. So my concern was this would really slow down the game, slow down the game. But because of that stipulation, it does still keep the coaches having to worry about, well, is it worth risking this challenge right now? To argue this call. Yeah, you can't just be willy-nilly like Oprah giving things. You get, you get a challenge, you get a challenge, you get a challenge. Absolutely not. And and thank God for it. But ultimately, it's the right move. I'm glad it's not only for a bad call, but it's a potentially a missed call. That, that, is, that is huge. My one frustration was just that it took, I mean, geez, all 32 owners vote, or head coaches voted on it first. And it was unanimous. Everybody wants to change. It As it should be. The old coaches, the new coaches, well, the young coaches. Ironically, you know who the two coaches reportedly that were standing on the table? No, that were that were really pro oh, this and saying, it? guys, we need a we need to hang out here and talk about this even further Wait, past who, the deadline time. Who was pounding the table? Good old Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. You are kidding. Not at all. Oh wow, those are freaking Mount Rushmores right there. Crazy. No days off. Wow. Okay, so when those guys are pounding the table for something, I think you got to listen. I think so, too. The other decision the owners decided to not make, they will not go ahead and accept the onside kick alternative proposal, which was mainly proposed to by the Denver Broncos and, of course, the competition committee. The owners have rejected that proposal, which basically would go to what I believe are similar to AAF rules in terms of you can go for a 4th and 15. And if you get it, you get to keep the ball. If you don't get it, it goes back to the other team. Yeah, I actually saw an AAF team pull that off like a, a few weeks ago. It's pretty badass. Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's, uh, I think it's progressive. I think it's new. I think it's fun. Gives teams another option. The onside kick. I mean, it's so, it's it's so such a small percentage of those things ever working. And to be completely honest with you, a fourth and fifteen when the defense knows you have to go fifteen yards or more, that's probably going to be pretty unlikely to happen as well. I saw one thing they were thinking if they do end up going with this, maybe down the line or something. Maybe instead of doing it from the thirty-five, the team would have to do it from the twenty-five. So it makes it that much more of a disadvantage for the team deciding to do that. Right, but I think that the thinking at the 35 is if you were to onside kick and get it, that's probably around the same area on the football field that you would hit the ball, right? Yeah. Because they'd kick off from the 35. Yes, yes. And so the AAF rule is they they have their first and or fourth and 15 from the 35. Yeah. I think the NFL was thinking, you know, one of the things that they talked about was maybe moving it to the 25, and it just makes it that much hard, you know, Maybe they did. Maybe it. they did. But the if proposal that they actually said no to was in its fourth quarter only, they get a chance to convert a fourth and 15 from its own 35 yard line instead of kicking the onside. And the fact that it also is only in the fourth quarter where it's like do or die time. It's not okay at any point in the football game. We can just decide, hey, we're not kicking off. We're just having unlimited added possessions because we're Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and our offense is that bleeping good. No, it's fourth quarter only when you probably have to, you're in no other position than, hey, we've got to get the ball back to have a chance to win. I like it. I thought it would have been intriguing. I'm with you on that. But they went ahead and did not pass it. It needs 24 votes to pass. We don't know exactly how many. But listen to this, dude. 
in 2017, the NFL changed the rule of how far away you can line up on these onside kicks. You have to be like no more than a yard off the ball. And four onside kick attempts were recovered out of 52 attempted. That's what I'm saying. It's like four it's virtually out of impossible. 52, 7.7%. That is unbelievable. It dropped down from 21.2% pre-2017 to when they made that rule change. That made it even harder. So you've already passed a rule that's virtually making these onside kicks impossible, and now you want to reject an alternative to the onside kick that is impossible. I don't know. I don't really like that. Yeah, I don't either. And like you said, the fourth quarter thing, I think like that's sort of it's like last ditch effort. Like you're not pulling this out in the first quarter or even the first half. You're doing this only in the fourth quarter. I thought it would have been cool, but listen, the NFL and the owners they they they'll give some. They're not going to give as much as uh, you'd probably like them to. Like I said, I mean, all 32 head coaches wanted to have those the new pass interference rules and those things like we just talked about, and the NFL owners were still against it. It took all the coaches. It took Bill Belichick, bleeping Andy Reid, taking his shirt off, doing the truffle shuffle, saying, get this freaking thing figured out. And the owners were like, eh, eh. He was doing the truffle yeah. shuffle? Yeah, well, I have, a, I, I have a couple sources. Wow, I wish I was in that room. Yeah, no, I would have paid a lot of big money to see him and Bill Belichick pounding tables, doing truffle shuffles. I think... Honestly, if you could see any person in the world do the truffle shuffle wall, Chuck, who do you think it would be? I go I go Andy Reid one, I go Charles Barkley two. Oh, I'd go Wade Phillips one. Wade Phillips. Oh, that's a good one, man. Son of that's Bum. That's a good one. Son Give me of that Bum. Truffle shuffle. I could see him I could see him shuffle, baby. pulling some barbecue sauce out on that truffle shuffle. Yeah, lots of barbecue sauce. I don't I'm <laughs> I'm not going to <laughs> little sweet baby Reid. I'm not gonna argue that either. The other move made the blind side block. I know your favorite block. Dude. When you used to just crush it on the high school football field. <laughs> I made a living doing that, dude. You were just thing. an ear holer, weren't you? I was an ear holer, man. I, I, I'm a hole plugger on and off the field, as previously mentioned, I think, last week. I was also an ear holing mother bleeper. Now, here's the deal. I took my fair share as well. All right? Football, is a, there's a lot of give, and there is plenty of if take. If you play kick return Oof. or kick off, yeah. like if you're basically on the field at all, you're getting in giving ear holes left and right. Yeah, when I was, uh, it was great up until my sophomore year. They threw me on varsity basically to just go play kickoff, punt, kick return, all the special teams. And I took some shots, brother. I took some shots. I can believe it, bro. And now, according to the NFL, those shots that I personally <laughs> took. Brother, bro, bro, I love you, bro. <laughs> they would not be allowed to be taken. So basically, if you're not looking at the guy, or if the guy's not looking at you, you can't go put a shoulder in him, even if you don't hit him in the head. You can't put the shoulder in him. You can't put your own head in him. You can't put your forearm in, arm in him. I think right? this is definitely no, no forearm nothing, shivers. Nothing, nothing. No forearm God, shivers. God, dude, I made a living on that forearm Blind, If it's considered at all a blind shot, where the other player did not see him coming yeah. until he's looking at you and I know and I'm ready to engage in physical contact. I believe it is a defenseless player. Yeah, and now it basically is you have to just basically use your hands to, to push, almost just put your body in the way of them, but there's no just coming in and cracking on some dude who's not looking at you, putting a shoulder, even if the sh- your shoulder goes into his chest. They're not allowing it. Supposedly, they said a lot on all these punts and these special teams plays. There was like a, a third of the concussions that took place were from these these blind which side makes blocks. sense. Makes a ton of sense. No question. I mean, it's a lethal hit. So, I mean, some of the best hits we've ever seen. I remember Sean Lee getting murdered by Golden Taint, the Taint that is Golden, who's now in New York and will be in the NFC East. And maybe we can see this again. Except no, we can't because they just changed the rule. 
So we'd be getting a flag. But you remember when Sean Lee took one right to the oh, ear? Oh, Golden Tate. When the taint, yeah, that's what Golden I'm saying. Golden Tate yeah. came over and just completely oh, my God. obliterated Sean Lee. And you're talking about a 50-pound weight difference right there. It doesn't. If you're not looking at the guy and I'm running full speed in a direction. Oh, it's a way for the little guy to get some payback. Oh, you're getting murdered. Absolutely, 100%. Oh, God. 100%. I'll tell you, there's a, there's a, there's a huge part of me that's really sad. I'm not as a football purist anymore. Yeah. yeah, which we are. Yeah, through and through, a hundred percent pure as hell. I've said that now seven times, dude. I couldn't be more honest and, and transparent with you. <laughs> I don't really space. like the change. Yeah. I don't, but I get it because look, they want to go player safety. Understand, they have to, and without a doubt, the special teams portion of the game is where the most violent contact comes. And they are making. They went ahead and approved the 2018 kickoff, moving the kickoff up. The rule changes they implemented there. They're keeping those. They're permanent now. The one-year trial passed. They said, "Let's do this." So you can tell they are making necessary adjustments to not necessarily take the kick out of the game. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to just remove kickoffs in general. But they're certainly making it safer. And while it it does suck because I loved. Jacked up! Oh my God, the Monday dude. Night Football! Yes, yes. Come on, dude. and anyone who that'll get you jacked. You're up. lying through your teeth. That segment was awesome. We love big hits. We love violence. That's why we love the game. You're taking that away. Understood. I get it. But bleep you. But yeah, come on. That's the fun, baby. That's the old school football. The the other rule change. Uh, did you see it? Where they, uh, you know, after a touchdown scored, if there's some sort of unsportsmanlike conduct celebration on the offense. You know, 15-yard penalty. Usually that was guaranteed. The other team didn't get to decide how that was enforced. It was for sure going to be enforced on the kickoff. Now the team can decide if they want to uh, make the extra point, you know, make that 15 yards more difficult, or if they want to throw it on to the kickoff. And yes, I'm telling you, that's a great, most teams are going, great to, decision. are going to make you do it from the kickoff or from, from, the, uh, from the extra point standpoint, especially now that it's already backed up to whatever it is, the 25-yard line yeah. or whatever. So if they did that, it would end up going to like the 45, and you got to make your extra point from there. Much harder of a field goal. I think that's a huge, huge deal there because we're going to see that quite a bit. You know, Agreed. these unsportsmanlike conducts, these over celebrations, which have come down a little bit because the NFL is a little bit more lax on it, but we still see them. And when there's a penalty on a touchdown like that, touchdown counts. Other team, listen, you want that on the kickoff or you want it on the extra point? Nine times out of ten, let's turn that freaking extra point into a 40-some yard field goal. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's sound logic because you're already booting these kickoffs with the new rule change there out of the end zone anyway. But what do you need the extra 15 yards for? You're already going to kick it out of the end zone, most likely, if you've got a kicker with a decent leg. Exactly, because when you do it that way, we kick off from the 35 now. If you take that penalty, you go up to the 50. And now, unless you have an incredible kicker who can just put it right right in front of the goal line, it's like there's this is just going to be a freaking touchback and we move on and it's a wasted. There's no benefit from the penalty. So that was that was a big one that stuck out to me. The only other last bit of news from these NFL owners' meetings in terms of rules to be adopted or not to be adopted, uh, the Chiefs' proposal, of course, for changing the overtime rules was tabled to the spring league meetings that will take place in May. So we'll, we're going to have to wait a couple more months for that to go ahead and be decided on in terms of the 
over time yeah. rule changes. Which, for me, makes it pretty unlikely that that gets changed this year. I Especially don't think it's happening. with the NFL owners probably feeling like they've really done quite a bit. They've been super generous, giving everybody what they want, pleasing the coaches, pleasing Andy Reid. Andy Reid takes his shirt off. All right, I'll do whatever you want, Andy. Just put that damn shirt back on, Jesus Christ. Listen, if they move Andy, this— Andy, you take that shirt off and you truffle shuffle with pride, my friend. If, 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 they're, if they're moving this thing to May, they might as well be moving it to 2020. We'll revisit it then. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but I, I'm looking forward to when that does happen because there's got to be something going on with the overtime rules that I think they'll end up making moves on, especially if we get another one of these deals in next year's playoffs. You know, especially for the playoffs, even if it's not for the regular season, for the playoffs, there might need to be a little tweakage there. Doesn't look like it's going to happen, but like you said, they'll revisit in May. Much like they went ahead and experimented with the kickoff rules, the overtime thing I think could be experimented with as well. And I, I do tend to side with the notion that if there is going to be a change, maybe we do make it for, for the playoffs. I don't think you need one for the regular season at all. In fact, I don't mind just having ties. I don't mind that at all. No overtime during regular season. I, I, I football yes, purist. Yes, my ass. overtime. Yes, in overtime. Jeez. But I'm okay me. with the way that the format is uh, for the playoffs. I get it. The playoffs, you know, there's there's so much riding on it. I can understand maybe we make a tweak here and there. But ultimately, I'm cool if they don't change it. Yeah, I'm not going to lose any I don't sleep mind over it. it. I think the biggest thing and the most necessary thing to happen was the rule change with the pass interference, non non call or bad call. And uh, they got that done. And like I said, even though they had to do everything to the owners in order to make them do it, they did it, and thank God they did. Uh, the overtime thing, like, I'm with you. I could I could live with it the way it is, especially during the regular season. I do think maybe in the playoffs there's a little something that could be done. So you Pat say Mahomes both teams get the ball no matter to touch what. the ball at all. You say both teams get the ball no matter what. Boom. And, and then the rest of the, the overtime goes like it always would. Next team to score wins. Both team touches. If your Perfect. defense can't get right. one stop out of two, And nobody can complain you. about it. You Amen. Each, each quarterback's gotten a chance to go out on the field. One got a field goal. One got a touchdown. Game over. Would you looky there? We, Walchuk and I in the same space. We put our heads together. Two heads are better than one. We come together. Uh, Jesus, we freaking fixed the problem. What did you just say? We fixed the problem. Yeah. Well, was, well, I don't know what I said before for, that. For like, a couple words before that. Two one. heads are better than one? Yes. All right. We fixed it. You agree. The Nosebleed Seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to with Zach Wolchuk and Eric Bleep and Chiafalo. All right, listen. I've been thinking. I've been thinking hard. You think? I was thinking we should do some NFL quick hits. NFL quick hits. Quick hits. Are you prepared? Yeah. Give it to me. Let's do it. All right, Wolchuk, quick hit number one. Big news of the week. Rob Gronkowski officially retired. Best tight end in football. Ever to live? Your opinion? Yes or no? I say yes. I say yes. He's the best I've ever seen. Now, I didn't get to watch Kellen Winslow. He was before my time. Uh, And this includes Tony Gonzalez, who was also brilliant. And it includes Jason Witten, who I love and adore. But without a doubt, in his prime, when healthy, Rob Gronkowski was an unstoppable, moving object that just absolutely owned everybody in his path. Gronk was one of a kind. The best. The best, man. I couldn't agree more, man. He was, I know a lot of people are talking about the longevity of others like Shannon Sharp, guys like Tony Gonzalez, hell, even one of your favorites, Jason Bleep and Witten. I was actually scared that you were going to pound the table, Bill Belichick, Andy no, Reid style no for world, Jason Witten. In no world is Jason Witten a better tight end than Rob Gronkowski. The only area he has an edge in is longevity, and you can make that case probably for any of the guys 
that you just mentioned. Yeah, and I, you know what I say to longevity? I say bleep you. How about I had 18 touchdowns in one season? How about I come up with big play after big play in all the big games when my teams need me most, whether it's Super Bowls, AFC championships, playoff games? I mean, he's played 16 playoff games. He's had well over 1,000 yards and a bunch of touchdowns throughout his entire Basically, he's played a full season of playoff games, and he's been absolutely dominant in every single one of those games. He's a total freaking polar bear. He can go up, high point the ball better than just about anybody. Whether you double team him, it didn't matter. The dude can block with the best of them. He can run block. He can pass block. The dude does everything. Oh, and by the way, after the catch, he was an absolute animal, shoving people off the Gronk. Stiff arm is one of the most underrated, patented stiff arms we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. He was shugging. He was just throwing people off him like he was absolutely bleeping nothing. Rob Gonkowski, you are, I mean, I'm going to miss him. I feel like we should empty the, empty the, uh, the old Gronk folder with some with some audio here. I know we got some good stuff. He's unbelievable. He's a he's a species man out there at the quarterback position. I mean, the species. God dang it, that is so good. Gronk, we miss you. Oh, we love Gronk, you. We will miss you. You know what? They should put him in the Monday Night Football booth. Sixty nine for you life. Lose, you lose Witten. Add Gronk. Add some sixty nine to that Monday Night Party, baby. You think? Yes. Wow. Why dude. not? He'd be brilliant. Put He'd a little hilarious. Gronk in the booth. He'd be hilarious. A booger in a Gronk. The thermostat is always set at 69. Get Boog out, Boog. Jeez, Boog. Boog. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big Boog guy. Yes. If Gronk wants, if, if, if they want Gronk to go in the damn booth, <laughs> I'm not going to be I upset think about at it. at the very least it would be amusing. I don't know how well he'd do, but it, it would be must-watch for week one of minimum. I think I saw a stat where his average touchdown per game for his career was like .69. This is the best Gronk stat I found. I might be wrong on that. Something involving his stats on an average is .69. Yeah, it's uh, the amount of touchdowns he had. On average per game. Per game. Okay, yep. perfect. Then I had it yep. right. All right, Gronk, we miss you. We love you. See you later, you freaking sexy-ass species man. On to the next. Walchuk, your Dallas football Cowboys. Signed a safety. Not Earl Thomas. Don't get your hopes up. Eric have been down that road. Unfortunately, Eric Burry was not on the list. Eric you and Mike Burry. Mayock are both saddened that he's yeah, not e- either a Raider or a Cowboy. Uh, now he's still out there, so maybe you got a chance at him. Who knows? But George Aloka. Ah, uh, Ilo. Uh, is it Iloka? George Aloka, yeah. It's Aloka. I don't really know, dude, 100%. I always I, thought it was... Aloka, Aloka, Iloka, George Aloka. Truth be told, I thought it was I've heard all of, all of them I be, always, I'd never, be said. I never even knew there was an L in it. I thought it was two I. I, I thought it was Ioka. Turns out it's, uh, I think it's Aloka. Oh, yeah, it's Aloka. I mean, there's definitely an L in there. Well, are you uh, were you doing the locomotion whenever you uh, no. whenever you saw the signing? No, uh, George Loke is not a guy that solving all your problems. No, not really. He doesn't don't need a safety in the draft anymore, <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, no. I mean, I do think the Cowboys making these signings or rounding out their roster, just these big splash signings, they can go legit best player available. But with George Loke, he's an average football player. He's not a guy that's really maybe an upgrade over Jeff Heath. Sure, the big guy's got decent size, uh, but he couldn't really hack it in Minnesota. And I don't think that he's going to be substantially great in Dallas. I don't think that it's a huge improvement. So I'd absolutely look to still add a safety to my roster. But we'll see. Maybe he'll come in. It'll be a pleasant surprise. And he'll outperform my expectations. I think we can put him uh, in that category. He's a box guy. 
You think he's a box guy? I think he's. I Look, think he's a box I, guy. I would. I would have said yes until I went in and uh, I've read many articles now since the signing of guys that have debunked that myth about him. He's played the majority of snaps in his career, single high over the top. Yes, I actually. So he doesn't make. See, this is the knock on him: is that he's not a guy that gets a ton of pass breakups, but it's because he's just very safe in his coverage. He provides himself. The liability is. He creates much wider zones because he's creating enough cushion where he can come up and make a tackle, but he doesn't necessarily have the athleticism to break on the ball quick enough to have an impact on the completion. So he's not going to get beat deep over the top and kill you, but he's not really going to make a ton of plays for you in terms of turning the football over or making a big pass breakup here and there. He's a safe player, nothing wrong with him, all right guy. Actually, he's 100% better than Jeff Heath. As a tackler, that's a great quality that he does have, which is why people assume that he's an in-the-box player. But And he's big as hell. And he's six foot four. He's huge. And like you said, he is very conservative when he's playing that deep free safety role. He gets way back to, be, to prevent because he knows he's not fast enough or athletic enough to not get beat over the top unless he really cheats exactly. over the top. And so he, he gives up stuff over the middle, and that's why I think he's a box guy because he I think he's a liability deep. Not that he can't do it, not that he hasn't done it, but I think he's just a guy out there, if not less. I think in the box, he's actually a pretty solid dude. I think you pair him with a free safety and Xavier Woods, you got yourself a decent little duo there. Not but bad. God help me if Jeff Heath is starting, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. Jeff Heath needs to go back to his role of being a special teams ace, and in a pinch, if a guy goes down during a game, you know he can step in and the leech are not getting killed. Moving on! This is some exciting news, Walchuk. You ready for this? Give it to me. My gosh, this guy. I feel, in one sense, I feel bad for him, but in another sense, listen, this is this is the life he chose. Chargers quarterback, Phillip Rivers, and his wife, Tiffany Rivers, had their Ninth child. Her name is Anna Rivers. Anna. They are too shy now of having an entire offense of children. Do we know the ratio of men to women? It doesn't matter. Women can play sports too. <laughs> That's not what I was asking. I was just curious. Women can play football. I wonder if Chuck. he's flowering more malers. Males. Males. What would Bruce Arians say right now? I mean, Bruce my Arians God. loves female coaches. Yeah, and he loves female players. How many female players are in the NFL, bud? You know what? Infant Anna Rivers, who's been alive for about, I don't know, 16 days Future now. NFLer, huh? I think she is. Maybe she is. Her dad is a freaking Philip Rivers. He's just paid the walls. Her dad is a flippin' Philip Rivers? That's what he is. He's a Philip. He's a Philip. He is. He's a he? Phillips head. Yes, he is. And he's been jamming that Phillips head all up in Mrs. Rivers, Gosh, painting the town. I didn't need Next that thing visual. you know, Anna Rivers is arriving. She hey, is. 20 years from now, she's, got great she's making plays in the NFL. She's the new quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Bruce Arians is our head coach at like yeah, 144 years old. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, if anyone's going to do it, it's good old Bruce. I like where our future's at. Listen, off friends. Congrats. Golf, food. Congrats to the Rivers. The entire Rivers family, all 36 of you, that's a that's a packed house. Once again, I understand why Philip loves that ride home, that commute home, and that big-ass limo of his where he gets to crunch film, grind film. Is it a limo or is it a van? Is it a bus? It might. Ah, I said limo. I might have been doing it RV? a little more justice, but it's spacious, baby. That, dude's, that dude gets a lot done in that two-hour commute home from L.A. to Santiago. It sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, listen, anything you can do to get away from all 162 of your kids, listen, I don't blame you. On to the next! 
Well, Chuck, you want to know somebody who's not taking a page out of Philip Rivers' book? Who? Mr. Cam Newton, quarterback of the Carolina uh, Panthers. Yes, I know this story well. Oh, did you dive into this one? You want to go ahead and tell the people? Yeah, so I guess uh, Cam's done a little thing where every month he gives something up. So basically, last month I think he went vegan, right? Or vegetarian at the very least. Oof, God help me. Cut out meat. Uh, this month he's gone ahead and said no climax. Yeah. And that is climax by the orgasmal uh, realm. Yeah. It, uh, a- I don't know what the best way to put that is. Basically, he is not going to <clears throat> ejaculate uh, at all. At all. I don't know if we can say that on the Pro Football Network. Well, can you mark that and, and believe me saying ejaculate? Well, I, I don't know if we should. Should we bleep it? Uh, should we just test the waters and see if the CEO who wears briefs, not boxers, decides to uh, say anything to us? Jeez, what kind of idiots would ask that? I don't know. It's a bleep hole question, and, and I have no respect for anyone who would do that to their own boss. But, Walchuk, I know you didn't want to say it. Let me let Cam say it in his own words. He was on the Late Late Show with James Corden. And that is a phenomenal show. I'm a big fan of James. Yeah, love me some JC. Luffy. He says, quote, in March, I hope this is an adult crowd. Looks like it is. He says, no climax. End quote. And then uh, they were all freaking out, and he continued. He said, quote, straight up, I'm going through a transition now. Wait, wait, what kind of transition? uh, He says, dot, dot, dot. From boys to men? And then Corden cut him off and just said, oh, my God. Um, And he said, listen, I I, I want my, uh," he said, I I want this offseason to be challenging, and I'm coming off a shoulder surgery. And listen, there's nothing more challenging than not being able to, you know, put your thing in a, a really comfy place. And he says, quote, it's going to make my mind stronger. So when the season comes around, I say if I did those things, I'm mentally stronger. So it's all about the uh, the mental toughness for old Cam. And, uh, Good for him. You know, if, if he thinks that's going to make him mentally stronger, then kudos to you, Cam Newton. You do what you need to do, sir. No climax. Don't do it. Yeah, I mean, you would think with the, only with, for the mentally weak. With this. The only people that climax. With this particular thing, you you, cl- you, you would like don't to don't climax think, in front of me, Eric. No, I, I listen. I'm not on the same rules. I'm not on the same level playing field as Mr. Cam. All right, I'm actually much sharper when I freaking do that a couple times an hour. <laughs> all right, so just get ready for it, pal. Oh man, that is disgusting. And just because I don't have pants on doesn't mean I'm not gonna clean it up afterwards. All right, <laughs> good God. I hope to God you clean it up. But you would think, you know, a guy like Tim Tebow with the same mindset would have been a Hall of Famer. You know? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. The guy that was a virgin. Well, yeah, that doesn't he mean he's not climaxing, sir. Yeah. Well, you don't have Cam, to uh, I guess go Cam ahead and have said no you know, the act to make it be a climax. You can, are you, are you, you pinning Tim as a, as, a, as a self? We have a great section on do-it-yourself. Do you think Tim does it himself? I think that, yes, he's probably dabbled in that and you do you honestly believe that cam didn't do it himself even once the entire month of march yeah i do i don't think that's that hard really do you know that was a poor choice of words uh no not necessarily (laughs) you haven't had a dry spell in decades have you pal never god and you stay sharp you stay sharp so listen cam i'm not gonna say iron sharpens iron my friend i'm not gonna say it's not gonna work you said last month he gave up meat this month he's given up giving his meat, so we'll see what he does next month, you know? But that's a shame. Maybe next month it'll be uh, something with his wardrobe. 
Yeah, well, he we know he likes. He to doesn't go a buy little, a new pair of shoes for a month. Yeah, that would probably be tougher for him than the the no sex, is my guess. All right, should we move on? If you want to, let's move on. Walchuck NFL Network's Charlie Casserly called Duke's Daniel Jones quote the most pro-ready quarterback in this year's draft. So why do we still give an actual F? What in the world Charlie Casserly has to say? Look, Charlie Casserly... He's a former freaking GM in the NFL. He works for the NFL Network. This is a credible mother bleeper. All right? He's got oh, experience. He's yeah. got tenure. He's so credible. All right? Yeah, he does have tenure. There's Gil Brand. He's a freaking dinosaur. Charlie Casserly. Gil Brand is still dropping freaking Gil bombs left and right with awesome knowledge and insight. Charles Casserly is a freaking proven moron. It's Charlie, dip. Charles and Stephen A. Smith are about the same pieces of that are alive together in the same town that they live in. They're in the same realm. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea that you had such ill will and disdain for Charlie Cashley. I don't like, he's pissed me off. For not Charles Cashley. I'm sick and tired of Charlie Cashley running his mouth. Shut up! Stay low! Wow. All right. And you know what, Charles? I what? don't even care if to apologize to you, sir. I'm not going to apologize. I'm a coxman. The fact that you have a job is to... You're an... Continue. I think I made my point. All right, you're good. Thank you. Moving on. Sticking with NFL draft-eligible quarterbacks, Benjamin Albright at Albright NFL. That it's- guy's an awesome dude. He should take Charles... Job. It's Charlie dipshit. It's weird seeing Drew Locke late in the first round in some of these mocks, according to Ben Albright. He's going in the top third of the first round, adjust accordingly. The great pro football network at PFN365 on Twitter said for those who struggle with math, this would mean he is going in the top 10, pick 10.66 to be exact. So Drew Locke, according to Albright, guaranteed top 10 pick. Guess who picks 10th? Oh, it's the Denver Broncos. Guess who's been linked to Drew Locke all offseason? All season. Oh, it's the Denver Broncos. Guess what? Drew Locke, top 10 quarterback. Book it. Denver Broncos. All right. Adam Gase, former Dolphins head coach. Not a very good one, I'd like to add. Now the head coach of the New York Jets. Get the craziest eyes in the world. Had this to say about Tom Brady and how he's just an ageless wonder. A jerk. Gay says, I don't know how he does it because I, quote, I'd do it too. I wake up feeling like, what? I'm younger than Brady. Oh, physically. Yeah. So he, he doesn't understand. Coach, Coach Gay doesn't understand. He's younger than Brady. He's younger than Brady. That's, and he wakes oh, up. Wow. I didn't realize feeling, Adam Gase was that young. Quote, like, what has Adam Gase done to justify already getting his second head coaching opportunity? Well, he's uh, an, a Nick Saban understudy. He worked directly next to Peyton Manning, and uh, that's pretty much all you need to know. Okay. Got it. All right, moving along seamlessly. I've got an update. According to Pro Football Talk, the Chargers are in a, quote, <laughs> wait-and-see mode with Antonio Gates. Oh, geez, they still want Gates to play. Oh, don't I thought, talk to me about they still want oh, Gates to play, geez, Mr. Jason Bleep and Cowboys Witten. Oh, Whitten. come on. Good God, Look, the Cowboys have the a hell need. out of here. The Cowboys have a need for Jason Witten. The Chargers did not have a need for Antonio Gates last year until Hunter Henry went down. Then they went ahead and brought him back in. Hunter Henry is supposedly healthy now. Therefore, 
What do they need Antonio freaking Gates for? He should sit on his ass, and if Hunter Henry gets hurt again, then you got a chance, bud. Listen, it's wait and see. That's what they're waiting and seeing. Is Hunter Henry going to get hurt? That's the point. Well, then that Chargers is a, then are that's literally a brilliant saying topic. exactly that's what a you brilliant said. Quick hit. You're getting butt hurt God, at Spanos and the whole freaking I'm LA sick and tired family. Of this quick hit. It's supposed to be quick. It's been 20 minutes. <laughs> God. All right, closing things down in the quick hit so Walchuk doesn't have a bleeping aneurysm. From Scott Knoll at Scott Knoll underscore news on Twitter. Exclusive in all caps. Five on your side. Investigators have confirmed the NFL has requested information from Cleveland police concerning two, not one, two incidents earlier this year and former Brown safety and current Giants safety missed the Jabril Peppa's roll in them oh all no. caps developing <laughs> at w-e-w-s developing that means it's serious yeah Scott much Noel like conor mcgregor's bringing the heat recent news shout out to david gettleman the gettleman man he had Pounding to get the peppers. table he had, he to, had get to get his peppers listen man he knew he was going to be suspended probably i mean who know i'm not gonna i don't want to get out there too far on this no as you shouldn't because you have no idea you have zero yeah. inside sources on the land it's a little bit that reckless New York here but jabril preppers may end up missing games for who knows what man shout out to gettleman for mm. doing his research before he uh made sure that peppers was a part of the, the trade so uh yeah sorry new york Sorry to the Giants. Sorry to the whole Peppers family. And congrats to Philip and uh, his lady. Congrats, Philip. No doubt about it. And I'm sorry about you, Jabril. By the way, uh, the Cowboys contract. Hey, dude, quick hits are over, bro. You said Aloka. it's been taking too bleeping long. Well, I finally. George Aloka, I've, I've got, I've got Charles Casserly. Essentially, he's just getting 210000 guaranteed. Oh, that's it? It's a cheap deal, man. It's a $930,000 base salary, 210000 of it's guaranteed, 90000 in bonus money. Uh, it, it's a veteran minimum salary. All right, so, very good. Not very a bad good. contract at all. Awesome. No, thank you for bringing that to Quick Hits. I think we all needed that. I of think course. it was. I think it's justified for you I think it's a good way to table. wrap it up and put a bow on it. It was like the whipped cream on top. Yeah, yeah. We're wrapping it up. Cam Newton doesn't have to for the rest of the month. I'll see myself out. How do you out. know realistically that Cam did wrap it up? Actually, that's you making an assumption. Yeah. He could have been fair. raw dogging left and right. Well, he probably was with his girl because they do have a kid. Now, when he's out there running around doing his thing. Oh, he's a father. I would like to think he I really wrapped did, it up. I did not know that Cam was a dad. That's news to me. What, you don't think he's mature enough to be a father? No. Don't be putting words you said in my no. mouth. You just said no. Why not? Oh, shut your mouth. All right, man. Let's let's get KT I on think the Cam's line. very mature. All right, KT fun tweets, athletic draft talk. Let's do it. And joining us now on the Nosebleed Seats podcast with Zach Wolchuk and Eric Chiafalo, it is the great Kevin Turner. You can find him at KT Fun Tweets on Twitter. He is an NFL draft writer for The Athletic and the producer of the world-famous Ben and Skin Show on 105.3 The Fan from 3 to 7 Monday through Friday. KT, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing absolutely fantastic, and I'm not BSing you. I really mean it. I'm doing well. That's great, because you can't BS the BSer. I'd be able to tell just by the tone of your voice if you weren't doing well. So yeah, same. I'm I'm very fascinated to hear, how uh, how's your night been going, dude? What have you been getting into? 
Oh, you know me, man. Uh, after I got home, I, I made a delicious, healthy dinner as I'm trying to watch my figure. Uh, I turned on the Mavs game and watched them lose another close one. And then I, uh, I've, I've got my laptop up here, and I'm watching some college players. Oh, because, God. Because uh, you're a yeah. true pro. It That's never why. ends. The study never ends. Who are you watching tonight? Tonight we're going way deep down a wormhole of cornerbacks. And, uh, well, I mean, we're talking sixth and seventh round guys, and it's it's pretty ugly. The fun stuff, huh? Down there. Yeah, I don't think it's at, at all the fun stuff. It, I mean, it's you're sitting there and you're watching it going, okay. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, I guess if uh, I guess I have to know this guy, though. Um, he's not good, and he goes in the seventh round. Yeah, you uh, got to know that guy because you're doing about 72 hours of radio that weekend, aren't you? So. Yeah, you got to know all the names. You got to know all the names. I, and the goal is always to get to 300 players, although Oof. I would say I usually wind up somewhere between 200 and 300. Um, you know, and it's, it's like, it's, it's one of those things where it goes so fast on day three. I think I'm kind of just a, a masochist because I'm over here torturing myself with these <laughs> round six, round seven guys. The picks happen like every two minutes. The picks are going on day three. It's beautiful. Like the guys on day one and two, you got to know a lot about them, know their background, uh, how many family members do they have, know all that stuff about them. Cause you got to talk about them for five to ten minutes. These guys on day three, you don't even have to know, but yet I feel like I should know. Because there's not a worse feeling in the world than when the Cowboys uh, draft a player and then you go, who? And that happened last year when they drafted Covington, the linebacker. I was like, I don't know anything about him. Oh, no, the Indiana so, guy? Well, now there's another Covington. So which one's which? I mean, that's confusing. Yeah, now we have two Covingtons, and I think their names are both Christian. Yeah, they are. Uh, uh, I don't even know how that's going to work out. Is and, uh, uh, one of the corners you're watching, by chance, Clifton Duck from App State? Haven't got the Clifton Duck yet. Do I need to watch him? Oh, yeah. We're big Duck I'm not going to tell you you need to watch him. I don't think he's very good. I just happen to think he's got maybe the best name in the entire draft. Uh, Clifton Duck I just find to be a great name. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. I don't think there's been a Duck in the league in a long time. Quack, quack. So one of the first questions I had for you, KT, is you sit there and watch your, your film. Now, do you consider, do you grind film or do you crunch film? Oh, dude, I crunch it. Yeah. See, See, grinding gives off the vibe that you're not enjoying what you're doing. Mm. And and there are, there are times, I guess, when you're not. But when you're crunching it, you're really accomplishing something. Grinding something makes it feel like you're kind of on the losing end of it. I hear but, you. Hey, man, I'm, I'm about to go crunch these weights. See, I'm going to tear it up in the gym. <laughs> if I'm going to grind those weights, it sounds like I'm. it's going to be a tough one. I'm going to be sweating out these reps. Yeah, it might get you a little bit dirty if you're grinding. Like, uh, hold on, guys. I'm going to crunch through this Netflix series. That means I'm about to binge watch that bad boy. I'm going to get all 13 episodes in. If I'm going to grind that Netflix series, <laughs> it's going to take me about six months to finally get through it. Tough watch. Like maybe if I get some time. Oh, I fell asleep during episode five. I've got to go back and rewatch what I missed. I'm crunching. Yeah, yeah. If you want to watch, you're actually crunching. I prefer to do the grinding when I'm doing the Netflix. You know, a little wink, wink. But you know, if you're actually trying to little enjoy nudge, the nudge. show, yeah, then you definitely want to crunch it. All right, that's a great answer. Well thought out, and I just appreciate it. Go ahead, Walchuck. 
No, uh, KT, I just wanted to let you know that if I happened to be a female. Oh, wow. Uh, I would be absolutely thrilled. If, if I got to be filled up with little KT fun tweets, I think I would die a happy woman, my friend. I think you're one of the sexiest mofos in the draft business right now. You want that baby juice? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say I didn't. So, anyway, in the draft business, that you're <laughs> confining me to that, though? Well, <laughs> dude, I mean, Daniel Jeremiah is a sexy guy as well. I mean, I think that that's pretty... Yeah, I love DJ. I mean, that's pretty solid. We can open it up to all of broadcasting in general. Yeah, because he is a broadcast god. That's true. That's true, without a doubt. Give the man his credit. No, Jesus, I'm, I'm on my knees right now. I'm waiting. <laughs> DJ, for DJ, or for me. What? No, for you. Only oh, for, for you. You're the only I've one had, in the bedroom with had us right enough now, of DJ. I had to hear about him doing that whole Daniel Jones pro day earlier, man. I, I got enough of Daniel Jeremiah today. I kind of felt bad for him. I was like, God, they're sending you out to that? Yeah, honestly, I thought- I, I'd kind of like to start off the serious questions with the quarterbacks. I don't know how much you've been able to dabble. Wait, you haven't been serious this whole time? No, well, I've been lukewarm. Um, I don't know how, how much you've been able to dabble into the quarterbacks, but this year's class, I really can't pinpoint. Like, last year, I was a big Rosen fan. I think Darnold you looked at and you thought, all right, this guy's pretty good. Obviously, you had Baker, who ended up being even better than I anticipated. Lamar Jackson was interesting. But this year, there's guys that have certain traits where you look at and say, yeah, he's got a good arm. This guy's got good feet, good pocket presence. But I don't know that any of them I look at and say, that dude is a surefire stud in this first round. Uh, I'm with you, man. That Question marks all around. And to be perfectly honest, I typically, uh, as I study with Brian Broaddus from DallasCowboys.com, typically don't do quarterbacks until the end. But I have seen uh, some of these guys and watched a few games and things like that. Kyler will start at the top. Uh, Kyler would be my first quarterback in this year's draft. Uh, It's not typically close. I'm not worried about his size. I am worried about just reading the field and things like that. I think Lincoln Riley's offense makes it really easy to get guys open, especially when you have Hollywood Brown and C.D. Lamb and, and all this. You know, it's it had a lot of easy targets. I think Cliff in Arizona is the perfect spot for him because he can snap, step, throw, and if it breaks down, it's not open as designed, then he can go make it happen. So I like you know, I like Kyler. I, I think he's going to work out. Uh, Haskins is my number two quarterback. I, I think there's a lot of things uh, working in his favor. I do think you worry about only having one tape of film, but uh, one year of film. But like, you can see him make some of those really good throws. You can see him trying to read the field. You can see the pocket presence, and he's got a great arm. There's a lot of things working in his favor as well. Um, probably wouldn't hurt for him to sit a year. Or, you know, maybe not just be thrown into a bad situation and be the full-time starter. But, like, Kyler is the only guy that I would have graded over. You know, a lot of those guys from last year, Darnold and Allen, and I, I was a Rosen guy as well and still am. I just think he got thrown into a bad situation, as Kyler might get thrown into if he's the number one pick. My third quarterback is Will Greer of West Virginia, and I know that's unpopular. And then we go – to Daniel Jones and Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke makes me really nervous. Uh, there are just some throws that he makes, and you're going, okay, that's incredible. And then more often than not, you see some throws where you're going, what the hell's going on? And Maybe that has to do with their offense. But they're my guys. 
two first round quarterbacks, Kyler and Haskins. Other than that, it's it's kind of slim pickings this year. All right, we got Kevin Turner of The Athletic and of 105.3, the fan, joining us right here on the Nosebleed Seats, talking NFL draft and just talking rando. I mean, good God, Walchuk brought out some baby juice earlier. Who knows where the hell this thing's going? I've got a man crush. What can I say? All right, so let me ask you this. You've been doing a lot of film crunching, as we've uh, just recently talked about. Who's been your biggest surprise on the positive side that maybe you weren't totally aware of or didn't know much about? You've scouted them this offseason, tape, combine, the whole nine, and you're like, damn, this dude's actually quite, you know, he's a hell of a player. Jalen Hurd, wide receiver, Baylor. And normally you've got this whole thing where Baylor wide receivers can't do anything because, like, uh, oh, Corey Coleman's a good example. Like, okay, I run a stop route, I run a go route, and I sit out a play while I'm actually active because they're run, doing a run play on the other side of the field, and I'm going to block. Well, since Art Bryles is gone, the offense has changed a little bit. Jalen Hurd was a running back at Tennessee, got some concussions, asked the coaches if he could move to wide receiver. They said no. So he transferred, goes to Baylor, and in his first year at wide receiver was incredible. I've got a second-round grade on him. He is a top-ten wide receiver in this class for me. I'm not sure if the rest of the world thinks of him the way I do. He gets open, and he is, needs to tighten up his route running a little bit, but he'll go work over the middle. He'll go catch things over the middle, which for a guy who's playing wide receiver for the first time in his life, you're not expecting. He's 6'4", he's fast, he's dynamic. I, I love Jalen Hurd of Baylor. That was the most surprising player I've seen all year where I went, oh, my God, the Baylor wide receiver. I can actually draft him this year. All right, so let's flip that on its ear and go with the opposite. Who's been sort of a negative? You've scouted him. You thought he was going to be badass. Turns out he ain't all that awesome. To me, it's Rashawn Gary, defensive line, Michigan. Uh, And I say defensive line because is he an end? Is he a three-technique defensive tackle? I don't really know. But the top five buzz with him, I don't get. The top ten buzz with him, I do not get. I think the other defensive end for them is his name's Chase Winovich, and he could be a Cowboys target uh, in the second round. He's uh, got long blonde hair. Chase Winovich, to me, is a better player than Rashawn Gary. He's more slight in his frame. Rashawn Gary is ripped, and he looks like an NFL player. But you don't see the production. You don't see him finish very often. And I don't think it's a testament to him just being double-teamed all the time and triple-teamed all the time like it was with Clowney in, in his final year of college. Like, uh, Rashawn Gary leaves you a lot, uh, leaves a lot wanting more. And Man, go, go do a mock draft roundup, guys. You'll see him in the top ten all day, and I just don't get it. I yeah. don't understand. Yeah, I, I mean, Jesus, only like three and a half sacks or whatever last year. That, that ain't top ten stuff. It's certainly not top five stuff. But as you said, mock drafts are saying maybe the Giants at six – let me ask you this, perspective-wise, from a Cowboys perspective, is that the, is that just the most beautiful thing that could ever happen? Is the Giants go Gary at six, and then they double down and go Daniel Jones at seventeen? Is that just a Cowboys party taking place? Yeah, I'd like that. I I don't want the Giants messing around with Haskins because I do think Haskins is going to make it, uh, and that would be a great situation for him to sit for a year behind Eli for one year. Yeah, Rashawn Gary. Yeah, take him. See see if that works out. And, and it might. He may end up being a really good player. So I, I'm, I'm definitely willing no, to No, he's going to suck. If he goes to the Giants, he's going to suck. It reminds me of Solomon Thomas a lot. And Solomon Thomas came, up, came on a little bit last year. But it's like, 
okay, so everyone's saying you're a top five pick. What am I missing here? I'm watching this, and I'm not fully – I'm not getting it. I'm not seeing the top five player. I see it when I look at Quinn and Williams. I see it when I look at uh, uh, some of these other players, you know, uh, who have been talked about in the top ten. I see it very, very quickly. I see it with Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State who tore his ACL and will, you know, will slide a little bit and won't even play this year probably. Like I see it with those guys. I'm not seeing it with you. So, yeah, that'd be great. Daniel Jones and, and Gary to the Giants? Yeah, I think that would be great. Drew Locke, your pick. I don't know, those other quarterbacks, I just – I'm not saying they're not going to make it. I'm just saying for first-round picks, I would be very nervous about spending a really good premium first-round pick on some of those other quarterbacks. Yeah, and it looks like you'd have the Giants and probably the Redskins both interested in a quarterback. I mean, what do you make of teams being linked to certain quarterbacks? I guess the Daniel Jones connection with the Giants, the fact that he's been with Cutcliffe – in Duke and Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, that academy's kind of grown up with them, so there's some similarities there. They can groom him behind Eli Manning. I mean, does that sound like a fit? Because it doesn't seem like they're super into Haskins for whatever reason. No, it's all that stuff is real uh, fun to me because their smoke screens are, are so insane. Like, last year we went to literal draft day. No, the moment of the draft, before we knew it was Baker. Pretty much most everyone thought it was going to be Darnold, and the Browns made sure they hit all their leaks, put out all their smoke screens, and it was Baker Mayfield at the time of the draft. You know, two years ago, I'm gonna hey, just give me a second to kind of toot my own horn here. Oh, you toot it, toot that thing, baby. Through vigorous connections, I was the only person in the world besides the Bears that knew the Bears were going to trade up and get Trubisky. Damn, I do it. That's quite a toot right there, KT. How'd you have the inside scoop there, man? Uh, I can't tell you how I got the scoop. Damn That's it, I rude. thought I was going to get you. You got to keep it under wraps, Son man. Gun. This guy's good. This guy's good. He's an undercover agent. I'm no rookie here, you know? It's not my first year. Uh, great point. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm on my rookie contract. That's for damn sure, but uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. no rookie here. Well, hey, are, are, you, um, and, are you and Dak going to get paid this offseason, you think? Uh, not me. Dang. Yeah, I've pretty much been t- told I'm not valued. Good uh, God. That you're valued here, wrong. sir. But by you guys. Yeah, well, hey, listen, <laughs> we, we don't have a ton to pay you, but we'll give we'll get you what we can. Uh, no, get it. Get your own. That's uh, that's the my lesson would be uh, go get your own, boys. I'm scraping the bottle uh, of the no barrel. No one's going to be looking out for you in the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is anybody looking yeah. out for Dak? What do you think? Dak? Okay. You have to... All these conversations are so freaking nuanced. Like, these are bad conversations for Twitter, where just some guy named Dan can go, uh, he sucks. I mean, Dan, I you know what? You just, suck. Dude, these people don't know was, anything. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at your timeline, and honestly, yes. it frustrates the hell out of me, dude. I am simpatico with everything you're saying. The Cowboys go ahead and sign Dak Prescott. People just get consumed like, oh, my gosh, $30 million a year. What the hell do you think Carson Wentz and Jared Goff are going to go sign for? The Cowboys get that deal done. You're 100% right in your statement of two years from now. It looks like a bargain contract. Mahomes, Goff, um, Wentz, I could see an early contract for Baker Mayfield if they go crush it in the next two years. 
You know, and that, you could say the same thing about Darnold, uh, all those guys. We're we're talking about some pretty fat contracts that are be coming out to these quarterbacks. Salary cap will continue to go up. The money will continue to go up. You have to adjust as a person your understanding of sports and how much money this is going to cost. And then there's other ways to talk about it with guaranteed money and things like that. And it, it does become a bit of a headache. I guess my point is, my issue is, if you're going to do it, if you believe in the guy, like like Jerry's came on the fan in Dallas and he said, Hell, I want a bigger boat. Oh, he's going to get extended. Well, if you know he's going to get extended, just do it now. Like there's talk of the Eagles and Howie Roseman, their GM made comments like, Oh, uh, yeah, we need to get a, a contract extension done with Wentz. Okay. So if Wentz signs his deal before Dak, don't you think Dax is going to cost more? Dang Dax right. Well, I, I played in this many more games than he did. Okay, I'll look at all the wins that I've chalked up. Okay, there it is. Okay, yeah. I deserve to be paid more than Wentz. And that's what their agents are going to say and fight for him. And you have to play that game. It's not how much a quarterback is worth. If you don't, I mean, it's not how much a, 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 if it's a top 10 guy in his class. That doesn't matter. It's when his contract is up. And if you want him, and I'm just, I'm, I'm amazed, and there are respectful people on the on the radio station that, that we all work on, they're very respectful people with the opinion of, hey, just turn it on, let's find someone else, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. My question is, you guys are seriously ready to dip your toes into the quarterback abyss? Because if you are, those are very deep waters, and you're not a very good swimmer, and there's not a lot of people swimming by, uh, swimming by or a lot of boats passing by to throw you a lifeline. If you want to go mess around with the Brandon Whedon's and Matt Castles of the world, by the way, for you, your backup quarterback right now is Cooper Rush. If you want to go sign a veteran like Colt friggin' McCoy, hey, good luck. Show me that record at the end of the day. Yeah, and they should be good. They've shown that their draft – for quarterbacks, it would have been, what, Paxton Lynch and Connor Cook if Dak Prescott didn't fall into their lap there. Who's their third option. Thank God yeah. that happened. You're, dude, and you have to like pay attention to your franchise tendencies and how good they've been in the past. Do they have a track record of developing quarterbacks? Here's no. the track record. They had the number one pick. They drafted Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman got them through the 90s. You went to 2000, you couldn't find one. You couldn't get one, man. Then... Romo bailed you out because Sean Payton found him. They were, he didn't get drafted. Sean Payton found him. Romo was a miracle. He bailed you out. Then Dak bailed you out. It's just what happened. Dak bailed you out. And by the way, the guy who wanted Dak more than everyone else, more than everyone else in the organization, the guy who spent the most time with Dak, worked with Dak, and was telling, hey, guys, I think we should draft Dak, He's dead now. Yeah, Scott Linehan. Wade Wilson. R.I.P. Oh, Wade Wilson. Yeah, it was Wade Wilson. Oh, was it really? No, he literally meant oh, he yeah, said he's dead, dead he now. Did, he didn't yeah. just mean Yeah, fired. oh, man. Literally Ooh. dead. Yeah, not, not offensive coordinator. No, he's actually passed dead. away. But R.I.P. to like, you too, Scott. So maybe like maybe that guy who helped you find your last quarterback when he's not in the organization, like how stubborn do you have to be? And that's where the Cowboys aren't going to be stubborn. They're going to pay. Like Dak will get a deal. Dak will get extended. They're not going to do the Kirk Cousins thing. He will get extended. It won't be a problem. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a lot more money than everyone everyone in the world's comfortable with, and it'll be paid like a top five quarterback in the league. But man, go watch the Jimmy Garoppolo contract.
You know, go take a look at that. He's played 10 games. Like, I don't, I just don't know what people expect. And they're very, they're very bold to sit there and think this organization, maybe if it's another one, but this organization is going to go find a good quarterback. They're, They're probably not. Preach, I'm with you, brother. I want to ask you about a local product here uh, and a player that is actually being trained by Pro Football Network's own Brett Yaris. There's been a lot of articles coming out uh, on Pro Football Network about him, and that's Ben Bonogu from TCU. Have you gotten a chance to check him out at all? I have. I like I like Ben, and, and you know what? TCU, a couple sneaky players that probably aren't getting talked about enough with LJ Collier as well. And I think these are guys who are, you know, Maybe Collier gets a chance third round. I, I think I would be surprised if Collier went in the second round, but you know, I maybe he does end up in the fifties. You know, we got to a point where the draft range for for him is probably anywhere between forty five and seventy five. I think that's a good area, and for Ben, I think there's a good chance that he's a fourth or fifth round guy. I I, I don't think he slides up into day two, but he's a very good player, and uh, yeah, it was good to see. Uh, TCU crank out some good athletes after a couple of tough years uh, out there in Fort Worth. Couple of draftable guys right there, pretty good. All right, KT, I know we got to get you out of here. Let's do some Fuego Rapido. I mean, we're talking one-word answers. Yep. I want to start with Demarcus Lawrence. Is he a Dallas Cowboy in 2019? Yes. I say Joey Bosa's quads, aka Quadzilla. The first word that comes to mind, KT Fun Tweets is horny. God, I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) All right, uh, Rob Gronkowski just retired. Is he the best tight end you've ever seen? Yes. And uh, all right, you have these draft buzzwords. You only this is all you know about the player. You got to pick one. You either get the knee bender, the technician, the high motor, or my personal favorite, the oily hips. Give me the technician. KT fun tweets, ladies and gentlemen. Soldier Boy kisses you on the way out. KT of the Athletic, you're incredible. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, K Tizzle. Love you guys. Have a nice, sexy night. Oh, we will. We will. That is the brilliance of one Kevin Turner at KT Fun Tweets on Twitter. He is the producer for the Ben and Skin Show on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and a writer for The Athletic. Uh, KT is one of the best dudes in the business. Oh, he really is. KT is literally... You're not going to find any better. He's a he's a genius. I could have sat there. That interview could have been twice as long. And, and in fact, I think we're going to need to have KT back on to talk more. There's so many players I didn't even get to. Receivers. Uh, I wanted to talk about Jalen Ferguson and the terrible pro day, quote unquote, that he had. I'm still a fan of Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. There's a lot we could have gotten into there. It only took that guy like 40 minutes to do his three cone drill. Yeah, uh, you know, and I really don't care. Tape don't lie, bro. That guy can play. I'm a fan of Jalen Ferguson. Yeah, can't bend. I don't All right. care. All right, um, big dude in the middle. He can get a push. Get a push. <laughs> get a push up is, the middle. Get in the quarterback's face. Be disruptive. Thank you, KT, for being incredible. Draft knowledge galore. Like Walchuk said, hopefully we'll get him on again before the draft. But he is a busy, busy man. Um, all right, before we close things down here, Walchuk, I know we mentioned the quarterbacks uh, with KT during the interview. Yes. Uh, I have a fantastic article from, once again, The Athletic. I know you don't actually subscribe to The Athletic. You don't actually pay for it. You don't I'm sure, know that. I'm sure a lot. I do. I do yes, I do. I do know that. Yes, you I do. You don't do it. You don't care. You no, don't do, I do. You don't do the research. I'm a big fan of The Athletic. I mean, Jesus, you can't fork up $2.50 a bleeping month to get fantastic it's sports coverage. 
99 shows how much you know. And so it's just like, you know what? I'm a man of the people. I'm going to give them the content. Sure, I'll fork over my own buck, and I'll bring them the fantastic content that is the athletic, that is Dane Brugler. It's about at, time that you paid for something. At DP Brugler on Twitter. Freaking mooch. All right, so here's what it is. It's evaluating all 16 draft-eligible quarterbacks in this year's draft. I'm only going to focus on a couple of the guys that we care about. Haskins, Murray, Daniel Bleepin' Jones, maybe a little Drew Locke action. And here's what they're evaluating. This is an analytical scouting thing here. I want some Finley in there, too. How did they do on third and long, Okay. each quarterback? How did they do in the red zone? Okay. And how did they do in the fourth quarter when the game was within one score? All important, ah, important the things. Dak Prescott special. Absolutely. All important things for good quarterbacks. They must excel in these areas. So let's see how the current quarterbacks in this year's draft fared this past season. So starting things off here, we will begin with the passing versus pressure. The way they uh the way they sort of define this is pass attempts in which a quarterback is hurried, hit. Or knocked down. The top three when it comes to this particular one, Kyler Murray is number one. Dwayne Haskins is number two. Now, does it say the percentage or the amount of plays for each one? Because I would guess that the amount of times that Kyler Murray was actually pressured is way less than any of those other guys. Uh, Yeah, and it doesn't, he notes it a few times when things are super, you know, out of the ordinary, you know, like for instance, Kyler Murray didn't have too many pass attempts in the fourth quarter where his team was down by one score. He only had about 30 of those, whereas a guy like Daniel Jones probably has about 150. So sure, there there is a little bit of, uh, of, of number situation that doesn't fully get addressed here. So this isn't end all be all, but yeah, you know, it's worth something. Dan Brugger is one of the best in the business, and Kyler Murray's rating when it comes to being hit, knocked down, or hurried, or pressured, 109.5. To give you a sort of a comparable, a recent comparable, Baker Mayfield, was his rating was 117 in the same circumstances. Okay, so you have Dwayne Haskins, who was his second in this particular category, but it was a far drop because Murray was 109 rating. Dwayne Haskins was an 87.6 rating. Gotcha. Okay, but those are your top two quarterbacks when it comes to being pressured. Guess who the very last quarterback of all 16 quarterbacks that were eligible for this particular deal? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is last. His rating is a 40. Wow. Yeah, he a had 40. one touchdown and five interceptions. He was attempting at 4.7 yards in attempt. So when this dude gets pressured, hurried, or knocked down, good God, Daniel Jones does not do well. But, again, Kyler Murray, even though he's small, he was he was a stud, and he's the best quarterback when it comes to being pressured in this year's draft. That's pretty interesting. No, it is, especially for a guy, like you said, you talk about the size, stepping up, making sure he's taking the hit and delivering the pass. And it's a very impressive stat there for Kyler. All right, so now we head to passing 20-plus yards downfield. Who's pushing the ball? This is big time. Who does this? Well, who does it better than anybody? It's Dwayne Haskins in this year's draft. Not a surprise. Number one, 125 quarterback rating. He had 14 touchdowns and one interception when he was throwing the ball 20 yards down the field or more. That's impressive. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, Drew Locke was third okay. when it came to this, and it uh, looks like Kyler in this particular metric 
He was middle of the pack. He had 108 rating. Was Will Greer relatively high in that? Will Greer, let's see where Will Greer is. Um, it actually doesn't have him. It only gives me the top three and the bottom three. Oh, it only gives you top three and bottom three. And then okay, it, gives me, it. it gives me a couple of notes. But uh, well, So and, who is two? So two was actually Jarrett Stidham. Oh, Again, I'm Auburn. only really talking about guys that we care about. No, I don't Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham can, he can eat my mid round flyer, man. I, I take a shot at him. Yeah, so I'm really talking about the top guys. As you would imagine, Daniel Jones was also in the bottom three in this particular category. He doesn't throw the ball well down the field. He oh. had seven touchdowns, four interceptions in this particular thing, yeah, and a passer rating of 73. Matches the tape, man. Um, so that's pretty bad. Jones ranked 16 of 16 quarterbacks in completions and completion percentage on throws 20-plus yards down the field. The dude just isn't very good throwing it down the field, and he's not good throwing it under pressure. But Kyler Murray was middle of the pack in this particular one, uh, but his his uh, completion percentage on the throws 20-plus yards downfield was 55, um, and so that's actually pretty solid. Um, all right, we head to third and long. So this stat reflects throws on third down with seven yards or more to achieve the first down. Yeah, keep the chains moving. Keep the drive alive, baby. This is a big-time stat. Best quarterback on third and long is none other than Kyler Bleepin Murray. Playmaker. He had a rating of 138.8, which is stellar. Seven touchdowns to one interception, and even it's third and seven or more, he was averaging 13 yards per attempt. Nothing pisses me off more than when it's third and eight, third and nine, third and seven, and the quarterback throws the ball four yards in front of the sticks. It's like, dude, what are you doing? It's third down. This is your last chance to get a first down, and you're not going to throw the ball beyond the line, beyond the first down marker? That freaking pisses me off. Kyler Murray is an absolute stud when it comes to this. He pushes the ball down the field, and it's third and long, and he's going to get the dang first down. All right? Bottom three, not very— uh, Is Daniel Jones in it again? Daniel Jones has the lowest yards per attempt in these situations. Wow. So he wasn't bottom three. So with, he was doing exactly what you hate and checking the ball down, hoping my guy can make a play in open space. Exactly. So on third and seven or long, uh, longer, Daniel Jones is, on average, throwing the ball less than five yards a pop. Wow, that is extremely irritating. That's just super freaking Especially annoying. from the quarterback at Duke, who's probably in, I've got to make a play here zone every single snap— Go ahead and push the ball down the field, Daniel. Damn it! You're right. 6'5". Now passing in the red zone. This stat reflects any throw within the opponent's 20-yard line. Number one, number one, number one. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess. Dwayne. Unfortunately, it's not. Ooh. It's actually, we have an upset alert. Upset it's alert. Trace McSorley. From Penn State? From Penn State. But does that include Little him running Trace. it in? Um, I don't think it does. Because uh, he ran is, the ball quite a lot at Penn State. He did, and, and that... That might be a factor here, but it doesn't look like. Uh, let's see. He says in the red zone, yeah, McSorley, he used his ability and he did rush for, for 12 touchdowns in 2018. So that does take a bit into of a account. Cheat. It does take into account the running there. So uh, the only one, actually, Daniel Jones is number two in this particular category. Ew. This is the only category where he was actually anything better than 12th. Out of the 16 Red zone moneymaker, Daniel Jones. So pretty good in the red zone um, for Daniel Jones. Congrats to him. Dwayne Haskins was third in this particular category. Haskins was 106.7 rating. Uh, a notable recent example would be Sam Darnold. Him in the red zone was 102 rating. So Dwayne Haskins is still better in the red zone than even Sam Darnold was. All right. And then when you want to ask about Kyler Murray in this particular situation, he was in the middle of the pack. His passer rating was a 98 when it comes to the red zone, 
But one interesting thing about Kyler is his touchdown rate was 40%, and that's tied with McSorley for the best in the red zone. So he was getting a lot of touchdowns. I guess his rating just wasn't as good as some of these other guys. Also a guy who has the ability to run it. Yeah, uh, yeah, great point, great point. Um, All right, so let's head to the next one. I think this is the last particular category. Yes, it is. And this is the passing in the fourth quarter within one score. The top guy, Dwayne Haskins. Jeez. Number two. Kyler Murray. Wow. Okay, so these guys. When, Not a surprise. They're the top two names that are going to be coming off the board. And impressively, Kyler Murray had an 87 completion percentage wow. in these moments. And um, he was throwing at 11 He's yards. He's done it attempt. his entire career. And, you know, watching him play throughout high school football, similar deal, man. So that makes you feel good about both of these top two quarterbacks, Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. When the game's tight in the fourth quarter, they seem to step up. When there's pressure in their face, they're getting hurried. They're getting knocked down. They seem to perform well, uh, pushing the ball down the field on third and long. They do a great job of that. And then passing 20 yards or more down the field, both of them do a pretty dang good job of that. Bottom three, when it comes to the fourth quarter, guess who's the lowest? Daniel Bleep and Jones. Another guy we haven't talked too much about, Drew Locke. He was ranked 14th out of 16 when it comes to fourth quarter passes within one score. Uh, so, Drew Locke, maybe not necessarily. Drew Locke, Daniel Jones, you're not winners. You you're are not, not winners, me, boys. boys. You are not for me. So, yeah, so I think it's pretty clear cut that your top two guys are Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, and there's quite a gap, and then there's your next tier, and it's pretty much, for whatever NFL team you are, what your flavor is. But the dude I probably am going to stay away from, even though there are some things to like about this young man in terms of intangibles, his arm ability, who he's worked with, who he's been around. But Daniel Jones is just not a good quarterback, period. He's just not good. Similar deal to Josh Allen. You can get wowed by Josh Allen's athleticism. The dude's not good. And quite frankly, I don't know that Daniel Jones will even be as good as what Josh Allen's already shown you because Josh Allen's way more mobile. Yeah, and that's quite a slap in the face. If you're not going to be as good as Josh Allen, then why the bleep are you playing the position? I don't know, but I will tell you this, and you can make fun of Jared Stidham. I'd rather take him in the second or third than any of these other schmucks in the first. Like Haskins? No, no, no. Oh, you're just talking about like Drew Locke Haskins or and Murray Jones? Are, are in a separate conversation. Okay. I'm talking about instead of burning my first-round pick on Drew Locke or Daniel Jones or whoever else you want to mention in that conversation, I'll gamble on Jared Stidham. All right, very good. Well, I appreciate the insight from you, Jarrett Stidham. I, I am pulling for him as a player and as a person. Daniel Jones, I can't say the same about. Uh, I know you don't like him as a player. I'm not sure I even like him as a person. Really? Reminds me too much of Ryan Tannehill. He's tall. He's lean. You move but a Ryan little bit. Daniel's not a he's bad number guy. number 17. No, no, no. He's not. He's not. But he's he's made me. Just frustrated he's you frustrated. enough to where it's just disgusting. It's You want him when you see him? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah and it's it. even worse with watching Daniel Jones. I think if it wasn't for Gettleman, Jones wouldn't even be a first-round quarterback. You really think the Giants are taking him? I do. It's sad, but I think <laughs> it wouldn't I really, upset me at all. I really do think they're going to go. And and we talked about this with KT. This would be just beautiful from a Cowboys perspective. They go Gary at six, and then Jones at seventeen, and everybody just laughs their way home. Everybody except for the Giants, of course. Because they think they've just executive of the year this thing and boom, yeah. Super Bowl. 100%. We're going to rebuild but still win. So bottom That's their line, motto. thank you, Dane Brugler of The Athletic, for that awesome article. It was clear as day that in all those important categories, 
the clear-cut top two guys, Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray, were just about number one and number two in every single one of those deals. Sorry, Drew Locke. Sorry, Daniel Jones. Uh, and good luck, Trace McSorley. Thank you very much, Eric Chiafalo. And that is a wrap for another great episode of the Nosebleed Seats podcast, the show everyone can afford to listen to. That was Eric Chiafalo. I am Zach Wolchuk. We are powered by the Pro Football Network. Again, just a friendly reminder, check out all the articles that are coming out every single day. Check out the other podcasts. Rate us. Subscribe. Hit us up on the Twitter, at NosebleedPod, at Zach Wolchuk, at Chiafalo Sports and at PFN365. Let us know any kind of feedback you want. Hey, we love you guys. Hey, we hate you guys. Hey, we want you to talk about this. Questions, comments, concerns, we're here for you. It's a safe space, and we're all a nosebleed seats family, baby. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. We'll see you next week.